Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Today, I wonder, um, I wonder what your priorities are. Like, if I were to ask you today, what are your top three priorities? What would you say? I mean, we, we all have, like, what I think would, would be priorities in our life. And if, if I were to guess... Like for most of us in this room, perhaps, if I would say, what are your top three priorities? Your first priority, most of us would say God, right? Like that's a good answer. How many of you know in church, like Jesus is always the answer, right? So like, so what's your first priority? God, God is, God's a priority. God, pastor, God, yeah, God, God, God. I got WWJD on my bracelet. Uh, I've got like a, a, a you know, a, a Jesus fish on my car. Come on. Like, you know, God's a, I got a brave church bumper sticker on my windshield. Oh, come on. 12 o'clock. Yeah. If you need one of those, we'll get one for you. They're in the lobby. I mean, I, I've got three on my car. Just saying the anointing flows, the more bumper stickers you put on your car. And, um, just kidding. But it's like, I mean, God is a priority in my life. And, and most of us would say that, you know, God is the number one priority in our lives. He's, he's in our bio, God first, God over everything. And we have that in our bios, so God's first. Um, the second priority, probably most of us in this room would say, would be family, right? Like, family's a, a big priority. Anyone agree that family's a big priority in your life? And, and, and family's a priority, and, and my kids, and my spouse. And then, well, what's your, what's your third Priority. Well, my third priority would probably be like my job or if you're in school, school, if you're in college, you know, my university studies and, and that kind of thing. And, and those would typically fall in. And maybe your third priority would be like health or, or fitness or whatever. But typically, like our priorities would fall in that category. But I wonder if what we think is what is a priority is actually what the reality of our priorities really are. Come on, can we go? Yeah, y'all don't want me to preach today. It's okay. Job in school or whatever. Start. I wonder if what we perceive to ourselves is, is actually a reality. Because when we begin to look at our lives, do our lives really show that those things are priority? It's kind of like this. I mean, um, we could say that family's number two, but how often do we bring work home? And, and, and we can't turn our phones off because we've got to be on call. And so little Johnny's over there saying, Dad, throw the ball, throw the ball. But... Okay, hold on, just give me five more minutes, five more minutes, and those five more minutes never come. And so we say that family is second, but really our jobs have become our second priority. Come on, are you with me today? I'm trying to help you out. I know we don't like talking about this. I know we don't like being confronted with this, but how can we help each other unless we're willing to go there and talk about it? It's kind of like when you, you talk to somebody about their budget. They're like, I don't know why I get to the end of the month and I got no money. It's like, oh, you have a budget? No. Let me help you get a budget. Oh, no, no, I don't want to. Oh, no. I don't want to talk about it. What do you mean you don't want to talk about it? Do you want to, do you want to save? Yeah. Do you want to retire one day? Maybe. Well, we got to talk about it. You're spending way too much money at Macy's. It's so, we can do an altar call right now. And Jesus is moving in this church. Like, I mean, we can't change it unless we're willing to go there. So turn to somebody and say, let's just go there. Come on, we, we're already here. We might as well just go there. So, so I wonder if, if, if our priorities are really where we think that they are. Because, because we could say that family's a priority, but, but, but maybe it's not. I mean, we could say that God is a priority in our life. But is he? 
Like, do your finances show that? Does your time show it? Does your family show it? Does your work show it? Does your job show it? Does your parenting show it? it you as a boss, the, the, does it show it there? Like, is God, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. Oh my gosh, you hear the crickets in the room. It's like, oh my God, pastor, there's crickets everywhere. I know how many of you know, because when a surgeon's doing surgery, the patient's not talking. It's okay that you're not talking right now. Because sometimes God just got to work in our heart. It's okay, it's okay. But, but here, here's, what I, here's what I understand is that, is that many times, and me included, we will say things are priority, but they're really not. And unless we're willing to go there, then watch this. Put, put the equation back up for me, if you would. This will never change and will never be who God wants us to be. And we can hope for a six here or an eight or a 12. But unless we're willing to change the equation, getting our priorities straight is simply saying, I've got to change the variables in the equation so I can change the product. Is there anybody here that's ready to let God do some work in our heart to say, God, I'm ready for, I'm ready to go to the next level. Anybody want to go to the next level? Come on. But we've got to look at our, at, at our priorities. Now, let me just say this. It's not in your notes, but you may want to write this down. That, that your priorities are either set with intention or emotion. You will either intentionally set your priorities or your emotions will set your priorities for you. So what does that mean? Today, with your notes, we are going to be intentional with what should our priorities be to get the product that we desire. More importantly, the product that God desires for your life. But you will either be intentional or your priorities will be determined by your emotions, how you feel today. So I don't feel like dealing with my kids today, so I ain't going to talk to them. <laughs> Come on, hear all the parents laugh with a, a guilty pleasure. <laughs> Preach it, pastor. I, I mean... I don't feel like being on fire for God today. But we're not, we're not teaching you to be emotionally led in your life. That's what the world teaches you. That's why the world creates environments that when you go in, it just feels euphoric. It, it's designed to get you into a place where you feel this wonder so that your heart is open to do whatever the world wants. God speaks to a greater dimension than our emotions. He speaks to our spirit. He speaks to the fact. He speaks to the truth. He speaks to the heart. And so what we want to do today is move past our emotions. It's not about what you feel like. It's about what we're determined to do in our life. Because how many of you know we don't always feel like doing the right thing? But when we know what God's word says, we move past it and it becomes a priority. And so let me just help you with this because, because when, when we're emotionally led, we can say that God's first. But it's not that God's first. It's just that we have pain or pressure or circumstances in our life that have driven our emotions. So now, now we're running to God. Do you know a lot of people run to God when there's pain or pressure or circumstances in their life? It's not that God is first. It's just that they got pain. It's not that God is first, it's just that they got some pressure. It's not that God is first, but they don't like this circumstance, and God's the only one who can help me out. So, God, I'm here in church, and I'm early, and I'm going to serve today. But it's not that God is first, it's just that you don't like the, 
the situation in your life. And so we run to God. It's the same thing with our kids. Like you may be spending more time with your kids, but it's because you found out that your kids are in a crisis. It's not that your kids are priority. It's just that there's a painful situation in their life. And so now you're spending an an unbelievable amount of time with them. They know like, what are you doing? You haven't spent time with me until now, but it's not that they're priority. It's just that there's pain in their life. So what we want to do is we want to get outside the pain, outside of the pressure, outside of the circumstance, and we want to reset our priorities today to set you up to be all that God has created you to be. Come on, are you with me today? So, so, so it's a little bit of a different kind of message because you're going to leave encouraged, but before you get there, come on, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to go there. <laughs> Turn person next to you and say, it's okay, we can go there, we can go there. Um, and so, so we've got to move past this. Let me give you the definition of, of, of priority because you've got to know the definition if we're going to get there. A priority is something that is regarded as more important than something else. That, that's what a priority It's something that's regarded as more important. It's not that your job is not important. It's just that my family is more important. You get what I'm saying? It's not that you taking some time to unwind is not important. That's important. But being in the house of God is more important. Okay? I've got a cold, but I don't think my hearing... It's not that... It's not that... It's not that spending time with family is not important. But it's just that I understand that at this hour on a Sunday, if I don't get this right... Nothing else in my life will flow right. You see, I guess what I'm trying to say today is this, is that priorities are like a parameter. Come on, write that in your notes. Priorities are parameters. It's kind of like an electric fence. I'm not a farmer. I'm sure you couldn't tell that. I'm not a country person. I love the city. Come on, anybody just love the city. Anybody just love the city. I mean, the rest of us wish we were in North Carolina right now. I love the city. Like, man, you put me in the country for too long, I start getting nervous, man. I start like, bro, these, these hillbillies, man, they're about to get you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what's going on in this country town? There's nothing to do. There's not a Starbucks. I love the city. I love to hear sirens. I love to hear horn talk. It's just me. I just love it. I, I thrive on it. But, but they have these things called electric fences, and, and they do it to keep animals in. And, and I'm just, I'm not an animal person. I have a dog, but I'm not an animal person. To be honest with you, it's a miracle that she's still alive today. Serious. It's only that I have kids that she's still alive. Little French bulldog. She's like, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. But we barely keep her. No, she's healthy. She's good, I think. But you know, it's been like the track record in our home. Like animals don't stay alive in our house. Like lizards, fish, plants. You would not have wanted me to be Noah on the ark. Everything would have died. Like we would have gotten to the other side of the ark and it's like, what are we going to eat? The only thing alive is roaches because I'm scared to death of them. So I don't know. Cows dead, chickens dead, everything's dead. Didn't feed them for 40 days. It's just crazy. But, but, see, I tell you, that's the NyQuil talking. I don't even know where we're going. But priorities are parameters. It's like this electric fence, and electric fences are, are, they're built to keep what is valuable inside. Your priorities are like a parameter. It's like an electric fence that God wants to use in your life to keep what's valuable inside, close to you. It's so important because 
It's interesting with an electric fence, you'll have a cow and they're in a field and there's an electric fence. And it's not that they won't get close to the parameter. It's not that they won't even touch the parameter. But when they get to the electric fence and they touch it, it shocks them. And the animal begins to back away and says, I don't like the way that that feels. There's a fence there, so I'm going to stay away from it. Your priorities, this is going to be fun today. Your priorities are like a parameter that when you get close to certain things in your life, God wants to use your priorities to say, hey, you're getting too close to being out of bounds. Because you may not know this, but you and I are in a battle. You have spirit and you have flesh. And your spirit and your flesh, I've said it before, I'm saying it again, they are at constant war inside of you. And there is a new you that God is wanting to create. But there is an old you that is at battle saying, come on, get a little closer to the electric fence. See if we can go out of bounds this time. See if we can go back. And let me tell you, your old you is constantly pulling to bring you back. And if you're not careful, and if you don't have priorities in your life, you will go back to who you used to be. That's why you need parameters in your life. Well, your parameters are your priorities. Oh, this is good preaching right now. Your, your parameters, your priorities are like the, the posts that make the parameter around your life that when you begin to venture outside, all of a sudden you say, man, I'm out of bounds. How do you know? Well, when you get paid, you can look where you're out of bounds. The way you behave and where you go on the weekend, you can know where you're out of bounds. You get too close and all of a sudden, oh man, I don't like the way that feels. I've got to stay inside of this because this is what's most valuable to me. Can I tell you, your calling and your purpose should be the most valuable thing to you. Your priorities should be a, come on, am I talking to somebody? It's a parameter. Do you know why so many people have heartbreak in our culture today? Because they have no parameters around their dating life. So I just date everybody. Come on. And so because I just date everybody, there's no parameters. And guess what? I venture outside of where God's grace is, where God's protection is, and you get hurt. Well, I don't have any parameters around my finances. That's why many times, if we're not careful, we get to the end of the month and there's no money and we don't understand why the money we have isn't blessed by God. It's because we haven't put parameters in our life. We don't understand why our kids, we don't understand why, and it's because there's this struggle. But can I tell you something? If you will put God first in your life, that's the first place to start as a parameter. In fact, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this look at this verse it's in your notes and it's on the screen it says this seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need so let me give you your first priority are you ready come on your first priority is this number one write this down putting God first that is rocket science isn't it welcome to brave church we're here to blow your mind come on it's just amazing like that's rocket science no it's not it's basic But putting God first, scripture says this, if you will put God first, everything else in your life will be given to you. Pastor, is it that easy? That's the equation. To get the product that you want in your life. If you put God first, everything else will be given to you. The problem is, We put everything else in our life, and if we have a little bit of room left, then we put God. And if we don't put God first, then watch this. We end up struggling in our life. 
It's like we're on this hamster wheel. We're running and we're exhausted, but we haven't gotten to where we want to get. We haven't arrived at the destination that we have dreamt of. And it's because it's the simple fact. It's a simple variable in the equation. It's because God is not first. Can I tell you, God will not be anything else but first in your life. God says, I'm not used to being second. I am the alpha and the omega. I am first. I will always be first. And if I can't be first, if you won't make me first, I don't want to be second place. I don't want to be third place. I want to be first in your life. So God says, look, the only way this equation works is if you put me first. If you want a God-blessed life, you want a God-favored life, you want a a Holy Spirit-filled power life, you've got to learn to put God first. That's why Matthew, in other words, the kingdom of God above everything else. He says the kingdom, God's kingdom. In other words, watch this. He wants you to seek his kingdom over your kingdom. His kingdom first. Put God first. I'm just going to keep saying that because some of us have thought that God's first, but he's really not. I've been there before. Where I'm like, even as a pastor, I'm like, God, you're first. And I look at my week and how I spent my week. And God was not first. I knew more stats from the Miami Heat than I did verses in the Bible that week. God's not first. I spent more time on ESPN than I did reading God's word. God wasn't first. Come on, am I talking to somebody? God first. Come on, God wants to be first. Turn to your neighbor and say, let's put God first. Number two, here's the second priority. Come on, are we okay to go there or should we dismiss right now? Let's go. Come on. Number two. Number two is this. It's got to be a priority. And I know this is going to sound so basic. You've heard it before. But, but it'll change everything when you make it intentional. Number two is this. It's going to be a priority that I'm going to become who God says I am. It's got to be a priority that I'm going to become who God says I am. There's this church word. It's like an old school word, but I'm convinced like old school is the new school. I'm just so, man, and like the older I get, it's just more convinced I'm, I'm just, I'm convinced of it. And it's this word called sanctification. Why don't you write down in your notes? That's such a powerful word. You, you need to know it. What sanctification basically means is this, that there's a separation between you and the world. And there's a joining together between you and God. Sanctification basically means this, that there is a simultaneous weeding out and weaving into your life. Come on. Like, God, I want you to weed out of my life things that don't need to be in it. And God, I want you to weave into my life things that need to be in my life. Did you know that there are things still inside of you that God says, I need to remove from you? Because you're not perfect. Neither am I. And there's some things in you that God wants to weave into your life. The scripture says this, that God wants to make all things new inside of your life. But we have to become who God says that we are. But the problem is, we will never become who God says that we are unless we read what God says that we are. Can I tell you, in our technological age, we have sitting in churches today that in churches, and I don't say this to condemn anybody, it's just a reality. We have more people sitting in churches today that never pick up their Bible, that never turn on their Bible, and the reason why we have identity issues is because we haven't taken the time to read who God says that we are. Because if you don't know who God says you are, you'll believe who your parents said that you are. If you don't believe what God, know what God says you are, you'll believe what some coach told you, what some teacher told you, what some ex told you, what some person told you because they had ill will in their heart. Can I tell you, you need to know what God says you are. It's going to be intentional. It's going to be a priority. The 2019, God, I'm going to know your word. I want to know who you say I am. 
Amen, this is good preaching. Amen, Pastor David. Thank you. Preach it louder. I will. Come on. It's so good because if you're not careful, you will believe that your struggle is your identity. Do you know who God says you are? Why not this year make it a priority? I'm going to know who God says I am. I'm a son of God. I am heir to the kingdom of God. I am the first and not the last. I can walk with favor and grace and power and anointing that is great. I can have a power. I can overcome every obstacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who I am. I'm not what my job title says. I'm not what somebody, I'm not even what my pay grade says. I am royalty of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I am going to overcome. Man. Gotta know who, who God says that you are. That's why Romans 14 says God's kingdom isn't a matter of what you eat for lunch today, for goodness sake. It's what God does with your life as he sets your life right. Come on. And he puts it together. And when you know who God says that you are, God completes your life with joy. And your task is to single-mindedly, single-mindedly serve Christ. And do that and you'll kill two birds with one stone. Watch this. When you know who God says that you are. Scripture says this. You will please God above. And you'll prove your worth. To the people. Who are around you. Boom. Do you, do you know. What you need in your life. To get that promotion. You need to know who God says that you are. Because you know what we do? We try to prove who we are to other people. Have, have you just gotten exhausted trying to prove who you are to people? All of our selfies just trying to prove that this is who we are. And the minute we put our phone down, we're back to our current reality. But when you are who God says that you are, I don't care what people think about me. When, when I am who God says I am, I don't have to even, I don't even have to try to do the political game with my boss to get the promotion because scripture says this, that God will prove my worth to the people around me. What you didn't even know is that while you're being faithful where God has planted you, God is working behind the scenes and he is opening the eyes of people around you saying, oh, look at my daughter over here. Look at my son. And he proves your worth. To the people, well, pastor, what about what they say? Who cares what they say? Don't understand who it is who God says that you are. It's going to be a priority in 2019 that I'm going to know who God says that I am. And it's found in God's word. Have you not? And feel how hard it is to get into the word of God? Come on, you can have it as a priority. I'm going to read my Bible today. And 15 things happen. Several months ago, I was... Is that my place where I spend time with the Lord and usually it's at the same time, same place. And, and just when I was sitting down to read the Bible, I got a call from the, one of my kids. It's like, Daddy, I need my lunch money. And I'm like, I'm about to read. I got, I got my Bible open. I got my journal ready. I got my pen in my hand. And I'm like, do you need lunch money? 
Yeah, Dad, we're not going to eat if we don't have lunch money. Oh, my gosh. So I go and I drive to the school. And I put lunch money on their account. And I come back to the house. And I'm sitting there. This true story. It's just super crazy. I open the Bible again. I pick up the pen again. I'm going to spend time in God's Word. Because that's where you find out who God says that you are. And all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. I open the door. And it's not like this all the time, but it's like this. And there's a plumber at my door. I'm like, what's up? He's like, you call a plumber? No. <laughs> He's like, are you David Stucker? I'm like, yes. This is your address? Yes. I'm like, why are you here? He's like, somebody called. I'm like, somebody in this church is playing a prank on me right now. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need a plumber. I go back. You know what? It is crazy how many things will come and try to distract you. Come on, I mean, you'll, you'll, it may not be that extreme. You'll be there and you'll be like, okay, God, it's my lunch break and I'm going to read your word. And all of a sudden your boss calls and says, hey, I need you to work through your lunch break. Listen, you've got to fight to get into God's word. You've got to, you know what will keep you free from offense? Getting into God's word. You know what will keep you rooted where you're planted? Getting into God's word. You know what will keep you with an optimistic outlook? It's not just John Maxwell books. It is God's word. You know what will keep you healthy? It is God's word. You know what will keep you mentally sane? It is God's word. I'm convinced so many of the issues. Did you know if you begin to pray God's word over your health, I believe you can see your blood pressure begin to go down, your cholesterol. I believe that the word of God, cancer has to be broken. I believe that the word of God, every negative, hurtful thing in our life can be broken and reversed in the name of Jesus. It's the word of God. That's why the writer says, your word, have I hidden close to my heart, God? Never let me forget your word. God, please, I love the Miami Heat, but help me to love you more than Dwayne Wade. Serious, it's a prayer. Especially after last night with the Pistons. Come on, the Pistons? Jesus, help us. At Golden State on Wednesday. We need anointing from heaven. Fire. Oh, okay. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you, God. Because you know what the reality is? When I sin against God, it's because I've forgotten who I am. That's why there's that song that says, Man, I know who I am. I know who I am. got to get our identity straight today come on it's got to be a priority in your life it will change the equation when we don't know who we are you know what we do we need somebody else to complete us let me just give a news flash to every single and married person in this room there is not another human being who is ever created to complete you god is your completer god is the one who completes god is the one who sustains God is the one. You've heard me say it. Jerry Maguire is a liar. No, 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 no. When you understand what God says about you, I can be content in any season that I'm in. I can be content no matter where my financial outlook is because I know I'm God's. And, and, and if I know I'm God's and I know who I am, I know God's word says that if he feeds the birds of the air, how much, but I do know care and provide for me. So I don't know how we're going to make it financially, but I do know who I am. 
I started this business and, and I don't have any clients, but I know who I am. I know that I'm a son of God and God's going to make a way where there is no way. God's going to provide where there's no provision. He's going to open a door where I didn't even know there was a house. There is provision. Why? Because I know. Come on, am I preaching too strong for somebody here today? Number three, write this down. We got to get going. We got to get going. Number three, it's got to be a priority. Oh, this is so good. Turn to somebody and say, oh, this is good. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. We got a minute and 32 seconds to unwrap this whole message. I love but hate countdown clocks. It's not your fault. Give me five more minutes. Add five more. Okay. No, because then I'll go 10 minutes. Okay, here we go. Here's number three. It's got to be a priority. Number three is this. Not letting God's grace go to waste. Come on. It's got to be a priority. To God, I'm not going to let your grace be wasted on my life. If y'all know me, I'm a grace preacher, man. I, I love the grace of God. It's the grace of God that covers a multitude of sin. It is the grace of God that we are here today. We're not worthy of the grace, but he extended the grace to us. I'm so thankful for the grace of God, but there is a warning clause to that is that we cannot waste his grace. Pastor, what do you mean? How do we waste the grace of God? We waste the grace of God when we forget the price that was paid for the grace. I mean, don't you understand how great his grace is that Jesus hung and he died on an old rugged cross. His blood was shed for you and I. He was murdered. He was beaten. He was bruised. And when we come into an environment like this and we receive his grace, but we leave this room and we go back to who we used to be, in essence what we're doing and I know it's not intentional but what we're doing is we are wasting the grace that he poured out over us it's become a priority in my life where I've said God I don't want to waste your grace over my life you see it's the separation between the old you and the new you you see when, when you understand the value of his grace you understand man the old me used to do this but the new me is being changed the old me would have cussed you out. The new me wants to buy you some lunch. Come on, is that too real for y'all? Okay, come on, let me break it down, Miami talk. The old me would have slept with you, but the new me, I've got to go home at 9 p.m. so that we don't fall into it. Come on. That's talking about grace. That's someone, come on, brave church, let's get real. Let's begin to live this thing out what the world says is okay I don't care what they're doing God has something better for you he's got something it's called purpose you don't want to change it keep getting the same product you're getting the old me I'd be flipping people birds on 826 but the new me you didn't even use your blinker but I'm going to let you in and pray for you come on see the old and the new 
The old me, I, I probably would have spent my time doing nothing, but the new me says, I got to get in brave life. I've got to join a dinner party. Next week, I got to jump into begin uh, because Scott is doing something new. And the old me would be doing barbecues on Sunday, but the new me is, I'm like, I've got to receive declaration and freedom and lift my hands in worship. Are you kidding me? The new, I'm not going to waste his grace. I'm not going to waste his grace. just says I'm just going to go back to where my friends used to hang out. The new me says I can't hang with you but I can pray with you. I can pray for you but I can't smoke out with you. The new me says I'm not better than you but I'm just in a different season and I'm I'm just trying to help somebody today. Pastor why are you preaching like this? Because you know what? If I don't share with you the truth then then I watch our church just like in a hamster wheel. Like we got a lot of movement, man. There's programs here and events here, and we're doing this and we're doing that and encounter weekend. But if we don't just look at the truth of where we're living our lives, 2020, which let me tell you is gonna be an incredible. I've already gotten a vision for 2020. It's gonna be insane. But 2020 will be in the same place we are today. So we make the decision, I'm not going to waste his grace any longer. Come on, it's a priority. This year, I'm not just going to come to church every Sunday, give my life to Jesus, raise my hand for salvation, knowing full well that I'm going to go sleep around with somebody. I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go. Oh, man, listen to the crickets. Man, I feel the pushback. Come on, somebody. It's okay. We're going to go there. It's going to go there. We're just going to... Listen, 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 listen. I love you too much just to let you believe the lie of the enemy that, hey, man, just keep doing what you're doing and it's going to work out. You keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. There's a shift in the atmosphere in this room right now. And we take authority over it. Man, we remove the scales from... In the name of Jesus, we release freedom in this room. If you believe that, somebody give God a shout of praise. empty but the new me is getting filled with the Holy Spirit that's why Colossians 3 1 says this so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ he says if you're serious anybody here serious today come on anybody serious if you're not serious that's cool I'm so glad you're here keep coming even if you're not serious keep coming but he says if you're serious then act like it Some of y'all just want a cute preacher. Come on. Just come up here and tell you cute little things. I've come to get you battle ready. That's what I've come here for. Somebody sent me a, like, what's it called? The little, not D, what's the little text thing that moves? A meme. A meme. I almost said a meme. They sent me a meme. 
they sent me this meme of this warrior it's like pastor this is how I woke up this morning I'm like my god me too come on my job as your pastor is to help you get battle ready come on to help you position your businesses to dominate this city to give God praise to position your family to be on display to give God praise to position your life where you walk around from glory to glory from joy to joy from peace to peace to power to power that's how you're going to get it that's how you're going to get it but we're not going to waste his grace because number four number four write this down write this down it's got to be a priority that I'm going to leave a better legacy I'm going to leave a better legacy it takes an entire life to build a legacy. It takes one decision to, to ruin it. So I'm going to make the decision today. It's a priority. That when I wake up in the morning, I woke up this morning to leave a legacy. This morning when I woke up, after I started giving the devil a hard time, I'm like, Pastor, do you really do that? Yeah. Seriously, man, I started just like, devil release your grip over these people that are going to sit in this 12 o'clock service every si- I was praying for you before you even knew me some of you I was praying we were releasing the grip of the enemy on you because many of us the legacy we were left we are struggling with but today in the name of Jesus the legacy you're going to leave is a legacy that chains have been broken we realize that our actions affect people so I'm going to leave I'm going to leave a better legacy it's a priority it's a priority in my life. It should be a priority in your life. Here's number five. You ready? Number five. You're not going to like this one, I don't think. Don't put it up yet. Just, should we end now? Okay, okay, I'm just telling you, you're not going to lie. I'm gonna, okay, here we go. I'm going to push you. Okay, here we go. Okay, go ahead and put it up. Here's, the, here's number five. It's a priority that we're going to do all that we can to rescue everyone that we can. It's a priority. It's a, it's a priority. It, listen, it, it's the church that we've been called to be a part of. Brave Church is not a cruise boat. If you're at the dinner party leaders meeting, you heard me talk. We're not a cruise boat. Like, come on board, everyone. We're gonna put on a great show for you today. Pastor David's gonna be a little bit funny. The band. Ooh, wait till you see them. Oh, the kids into the coffee. Oh, cold brew. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's great. Great kids environments. Great worship. But we're not a cruise boat. Some people want a cruise boat church. I just want to get on the boat and just kick back and enjoy the sun and the virgin pina coladas. Come on, somebody. I, I just want to kick. But you know, we're, we're also not a warship. We're not a warship that we're just like, what the world says what bam we're just gonna blast the world boom take that no no we're not out there in the waters just like making war against the world you know what else we're not we're not we're not one of those dinner cruise boats you ever seen those dinner cruise boats they're great i love them love them come on aboard we just want to fill you up sometimes we can look at church like that too like hope the pastor fills me up today I hope I can feed real good on the Word. And we want you to feed on the Word of God. We want you to grow and be nourished through the Word of God. But that's not what our calling is. Do you know what we're called to be? We're called to be a rescue boat. We're called to be people that have been rescued. And people that have been rescued, rescue other people. Let us never be 
so happy and content on the rescue boat that we forget that there are thousands of people around this boat that are drowning. There are people in your family that are drowning. There are people in your work. There are people in our city that are drowning. Come on, is there anybody here that would say, I am called to rescue people? Can I tell you, that's why we have these invites. That's why we're doing a series next week that is an invitable series that you want to invite your family, people who've never been to church, people who don't want to go to church to come to. And that's why we have these. We will all, because you've received an invite. This church has grown because we have an invite culture. There are more of you here because you've received an invite than anything else. Because you know what the truth is? Probably every person in this room, you're here today because somebody invited you. You're a Christ follower today because someone invited you. But pastor, I'm nervous. I'm not brave like that. Yeah, you are. You go to brave church. Just accept it. You are. Is that my personality? No, no, no. It is. Let me show you what Jude says about that. Because we can all have excuses. So can I. Even as a pastor, sometimes I get nervous. I'm like, man, I don't want to invite this guy. This guy's big. And he's like, oh, I don't know. But let me show you what Jude chapter 1 verse 23 says. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. I love that word. He says, by snatching them. How many of that word is like, that's aggressive. That's like, so you're coming with me. Turn to somebody and say, get ready. Come on. Like, you know what he doesn't say? He doesn't say, hey, take the invite. Rescue other people by going, hey. You want to, you want to go to church? No, no. Uh, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. No, 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 no. We don't have time for timidity. Well, Pastor, what do you mean we don't have time for timidity? Th- did you not know that every single person in this city has an eternal soul? And every person in this room, we will spend eternity somewhere. So come on, let's just rewind. I told you the old school is the new school. I believe the coming of the Lord is quicker than we even want to think of or imagine. Time is coming. I'm not holding a sign saying, Doomsday, but it's coming. But I am saying, I believe that Jesus is coming back for his people. I do believe that there are people in our city that they will spend an eternity separated from God unless we wake up as a church and we say, we can eat we can add more services if we have to we can open more locations but we are called to rescue people did you know that you were saved to save you were found in order to find we have been called to save people in our city and the best way I know how is to give you invites invitations to say hey I don't have it all figured out you may have noticed that my life's not perfect and I got stuff going on too but man I've got the grace of God in my life and you need to come to church with me and I'm asking us as a church to take it to another level and do what the word of God says and this week we need to have some snatching parties all up in our work all up in our family I know we got dinner parties we're going to have snatching parties where we're saying hey you're going to come with me to church next week what you talking about I hate church I know you do I did too but you're going to come with me and I'm going to pick you up at your house at 11.30. We're going to stop at Starbucks on the way. And I'm going to buy you lunch after church because you are coming to church with me. And then guess what? Next Sunday, you need to show all up in their house. They show up. They're wiping the crusties out of their eyes. They're like, what are you doing here? I told you I was coming. I'm in the car waiting on you. Be down here in 10 minutes. Come on, you just feel that? That kind of goes against the, 
sophistication of our church. We've already become so big that we're so sophisticated. Come on, let us never forget. You know what? When we first started this thing five years ago, there was a handful of people in this middle room, in this middle aisle, and you know what? We were moved to grow this city, to grow this church by saying we've got to rescue people. And let me tell you, we will never change the DNA of this church. As we've grown to 2,000, when we become 5,000, I'm still going to preach the same message. When we have 10,000, I'm still going to preach the same message. It's the same message. We are called to rescue people. That's it. It's got to be a priority. Three people are excited about that. Come on, I'm going to join you over there because I believe that. In Jesus' name, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, pastor, that's your job to do. No, it's not. That's the church staff job to do. No, it's not. Come on. Church, listen. It is our job. Say, God, it is going to be a priority to rescue five priorities. Would you bow your head? Close your eyes. Jesus, today we just thank you so much for your Holy Spirit that is here speaking to hearts. Look, even as I've been preaching today, some of you are here and you're like, man, God is not a priority in my life. Can I tell you, I'm so glad that you're here. It's an easy fix. You can fix it right now today. Begin to fix the product by changing the variables in the equation. If you're here and God is not a priority in your life, there's no condemnation there. Come on. It's called conviction. Conviction changes us. Repentance is changing your heart, changing the direction of your life. Today, God wants to change the direction of your life. If that's you here today and you say, today I need to give my life to Jesus and make God a priority, on the count of three, I want you to lift your hands and put them right back down. One, two, three. Come on, don't hesitate. Yeah, hands up everywhere. Everywhere. My God, thank you so much. You can put them down. How about this? You'd say, Pastor, man, I've got some good priorities, but they're not the God priorities. Good is the enemy of God. Sometimes we're like, well, I'm doing good. I'm a good person. But good does not get us anywhere with God. Today you say, my priorities, I've realized, are, are kind of out of order. And I need God to help me with my priorities. Pastor, would you pray for me that I would have the courage and I would have the strength this week, even today, maybe over lunch, to look at my priorities and look what they should be and say, God, give me the strength to change these priorities. If that's you, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want, I want to have God first priorities on the count of three. Lift your hand. One, two, three. Yeah, yeah. Come on, would you pray this prayer with me out loud? Everybody say, Jesus, today I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for your grace. God, today I ask that you would help me to make my life line up with the priorities of your word. Give me the strength, God, in Jesus' name to prioritize my life, to be filled with power, to be filled with strength. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise today. Come on. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.